ஷ்ஹதுல்லாஹிலாஹிமினஷைமிஸ்மில்லாஹிர்ரஹ்மான்ர்ரஹீம் The first verse I'm going to recite is from chapter 4, verse 79. Ma aqabaka min hasanatin fa min allahi wa ma aqabaka min ஷீதாஷன் இஸ் ஓ பீப்பிள் whatever good befalls you it is from allah and whatever misfortune befalls you it is from yourself and we have sent you a prophet to humanity as a messenger and allah is sufficient as a witness the next verse is from chapter 34 verse 28 wa ma arsalna ka illa ka afatil lin nasi bashiran wa naziran wala in aksaran nasi la ya'lamu and we have not sent you except as a bearer of good news and as a warner to all humanity but most people do not know and the last one is from chapter 49 uh, verse 13 யாயுஹன்னாசுஇன்னாஹலக்னாகும்ஜகரிம்வஉன்ஃபாவயல்லாகும்ஷுஅவ்வவ்வகபாயிலலதஹாரஃபூஇன்னஅக்ரமகும்
so that you may know each other. Surely the noblest of you with Allah is the most dutiful of you. Surely Allah is knowing and aware. Recently, we uh, celebrated Eid Miladun Nabi. This is, uh, in the strictest sense, not a religious occasion because it came to uh, existence many years after the passing away of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. And in fact, it was uh, started by the promised Messiah, but his conception of uh, Eid Miladun Nabi was very different to what we have now. Um, what he suggested was that on the day of the Holy Prophet Muhammad's birthday, all Muslims gather together and share information about the Holy Prophet's life and uh, Islam, particularly if there have been some objections raised during uh, uh, the last year about the life or teachings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad and what reply they gave and share the reply to that objection so that 100, 200, 500 people who are sitting there, they are better informed. Basically, I mean, remember at that time, what we had was that India was a multi-religious, multicultural society. So you had all communities living together, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, Christians, Jews, etc., Buddhists. And uh, people of different religions would raise objections against each other. So. If um, uh, the followers of that religion could not reply, then uh, it sort of embarrassed other people uh, belonging to that religion. So, thought if Muslims get together once a year and have an exchange of information about object what objections were raised and what the answer was given, this will promote knowledge. His idea wasn't to spend uh, millions and tens of millions of uh, uh, rupees and pounds and dollars on lighting up buildings, etc., etc., when there are poor and hungry and needy who deserve our uh, attention. And that would enable those people sitting there to go out and promote Islam in a better way. But uh, you see, that was a microcosm of what is happening now. God says, we created you from a single male and female, and then spread you as tribes and families throughout the length and width of this earth. There is no concept in Islam of countries. 
There is no concept of countries. This is Saudi Arabia, this is this, this is that, or whatever. Because countries are actually political concoctions. Some political power draws a line along the ground and says, you know, this is this country, that is that country. Why? Generally, it used to be, for example, that British and French, they were fighting in, in Africa. And then uh, they would say, OK, let's have an agreement. And the representatives of the two governments or the generals leading the two armies would get together and in an arbitrary manner, they'll draw a line. And this is why, take the example of uh, Kurdistan. That is, that was one area inhabited by one people. And it got divided. A part of Kurdistan is in Iran, a part of Kurdistan is in Iraq, a part of Kurdistan is, uh, is in Turkey. And it has led to no end of uh, fighting and disagreement and, uh, and so on. But the point is this, God says, mankind surely we have created you from a male and female. So mankind is one. So mankind is one and just like one family lives in one house. Then the whole of mankind, regardless of their religion or their color or their whatever, this is our house. This earth belongs to all of us. And we have to remember that in the days of old, maybe it was okay that whatever happened in Japan didn't impact on what was happening in uh, England or America or whatever. But that is no longer the case. The world is no longer isolated. Take the example of uh, Chernobyl. The nuclear reactor in uh, Chernobyl, which is in Russia, exploded and the meat being sold in British supermarkets became radioactive. How? The incident happened thousands of miles away. How did this come about? Well, because when the nuclear reactor exploded, it let radiation, harmful radiation into the air which was carried into the rivers and seas by rain and across the whole of the continent of Europe by winds. Those winds arrived in the United Kingdom. It rained. And that radiation came down to earth. That water was absorbed into the ground and the radiation which that water contained, found its way into grass and plants and so on. And sheep and so on grazed on that grass and became radioactive. So you no longer have this case that you just have bows and arrows with which you are fighting each other and what you do doesn't impact anyone else. If two countries go to war and they have nuclear weapons and they, they explode those nuclear weapons, do you think that 
the harmful effects are going to uh, uh, remain on the little part where that uh, bomb exploded, that atom bomb exploded or hydrogen bomb exploded? No. They'll be spread far and wide by air and, and wind and uh, rivers and seas and so on. So it's no longer thinking about a country, a tribe, a family. It doesn't matter how rich the country is. It doesn't matter how big the country is. All the inhabitants of this earth are trustees. Trustees of what God has entrusted to us. What is a trustee's job? If you look at law, what is a trustee's job? He's given something and he has to look after it. Make sure no harm comes to it. This is why you put your money in a bank. Because you think at home it might be stolen, but in a bank it will be safe. Etc. And Islam laid the foundations of this 1500 years ago by saying that we need to take care of this earth. Earth is one planet for one humanity. It is we, and this is what uh, uh, the Holy Quran says. Uh, uh, you know, th this is what this verse refers to. And we sent you as a bearer of good news. You tell people that they're all equal, they're all one. They, inha they inhabit one planet and they've got to look after it. And we've sent you as a bearer of good news, but also as a warner to all humanity. As a warner to all humanity. And this is also why the Holy Quran says, oh you people, when something bad happens, when something good happens, it is from Allah. And whatever misfortune befalls you, it is because of what you did. who polluted the atmosphere by making these gas guzzling monsters that we used to see in America. It's better now, but in 1950s and 60s and so on, an American car did about 10 miles to the gallon. Because in America, petrol was cheap. So it didn't matter, as long as the car was big, as long as the, the engine was powerful, that was all that matters. And you see, this is because people cannot understand the concept of akhirat, the eventual result of what you do. This is what akhirat is. We limit it to, you know, I'll go to paradise if I say so many uh, 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 namaz a day and fast for so many days and, and, and so on and so forth. But akhirat actually means the final outcome of your actions. 
So what is the final outcome of producing those gas guzzlers in the United States? The atmosphere was polluted. Now who did it? Did God do it? He gave us brains, we did it. Human beings did it. What was the final outcome of effluence being uh, uh, discharged into uh, rivers and seas all over the world? Even today in Britain, affluence is being uh, discharged into rivers and the sea and so on. What does that do to marine life? You see, what we fail to see is that God created a cycle. If you disturb that cycle, if you disturb nature, then everyone suffers. Everyone. It's not that, uh, you know, because Americans are rich and powerful, they're going to get away with it. Or some other country because uh, uh, Saudi Arabia will get away with it because uh, uh, the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam was born there. It doesn't work like that. The consequences of our actions Consequences of our actions is what akhirat is, the final outcome. We always think that it means when we die, what happens whether we go to heaven uh, or hell and so on. And yes, in one sense, it's right. That is not wrong. Well, what do you think uh, uh, if you define akhirat as those fires that broke out in Australia and, and uh, America and so on because of global warming? That is a consequence of the collective actions of humanity, isn't it? God says heaven and hell start in this life. What about the floods that have taken place? There was this poor woman on, on, on uh, 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 television this morning who was saying she can't get her house insured because she's been flooded previously. And she's flooded again. And she has to fork out money out of her own pocket to replace her furniture and all, all uh, etc. And she was in tears. Now, what is happening in China, burning of fossil fuels, which discharges CO2 into the atmosphere, which led to the flood that flooded that lady's house in Scotland on Northern England or wherever it was. And this is what this verse of the Holy Quran is pointing to. O mankind, O humanity, you are a single nation. You are one nation. You are one ummah. And the Holy Prophet said this. Remember last week or the week before, I read out to you some of the conditions of the constitution of Medina that the Holy Prophet drafted and all the uh, people living there, they signed it. An important condition was, he said, the Ummah constitutes everyone living in this area, in Medina. 
because of development of science and technology that ummah has expanded the ummah constitutes the whole humanity not just muslims or some other religion or some other nationality and so we are all in it together you know in this street we you know we have uh, uh, muslims and christians and hindus and so on and the other faiths living together god forbid if it's flooded do you think flood water is going to knock on the door and say excuse me are you a muslim oh that's fine i'm not going to flood your house i'll nip along to the next guy's house knock on the door who are you oh i'm roger and well i'm the the, the vicar of the local church oh well yes i'm going to flood your house and then the water goes along to uh, next door who are you oh we are hindus oh that's okay i'll flood you and then the next one oh we are muslim oh that's okay you, your house is safe i'm not going to come in is this how floods behave or do they take away everything that is in in their path regardless of who it belongs to and this is what we forget we are fighting about tiny little and in the long run in the consequence immaterial and even pathetic little advantages but what we forget is akhirat akhirat not in the sense of what will happen on the day of judgment when the world is destroyed but akhirat in the sense of the consequences of our actions of our polluting the the rivers and the seas and the air of this wonderful planet that god granted us through no effort on our part you know it's like you you give someone a beautiful present um, uh, <clears throat> whatever it might be the next time you go around to their house you see it's on the floor and there's rubbish all around it and someone wants to get by so they kick it to one side with their foot because it's in the way what is going to be your reaction are you going to give that person a nice present on the next occasion or are you going to say this person is ungrateful and i'm not going to give them a present or if i do give them a present it's not going to be such a nice present if you're going to do that why should god act any differently from what you do why do you expect god to act any different we celebrated eid miladun nabi and if you want to promote islam then on that day we should have addressed these problems of global warming and problems facing humanity and we should have explained to the world how mm-hmm. islam proposes to deal with them this is the only way that we will promote and propagate islam it is not by having riots in the streets and demanding that ambassador of this country or that country is recalled because some 
idiot in his country wrote an article that upset us or drew some sketch that upset us. That's not the way to promote Islam. Do please celebrate Eid Miladun Nabi. But do you think, let me ask this question. You spend, I don't know, 30 billion pounds on lighting up buildings. And there are people who are going hungry, who are going without education. And you are holding uh, poetry competitions about who's written the best poem eulogizing the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Do you think the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, will be pleased by that? Or if you use the same money to feed a million people? What would please him more? Look at his life and what he did. Even when he ruled Arabia, he hardly had anything to eat in the house. He slept on a bare bed. And when he would get up, there would be marks on his holy back through lying on uh, uh, the, the rope that was made of uh, palm tree branches and so on. Did he ever ask you to celebrate his birthday in this, well, let's say negative way? No, he didn't. Celebrate his birthday, but please do it in a way that sends a positive message about Islam to the rest of the world. Barakallahu lada wa lakum fil Qur'ani lazim wa nafana wa iyaakum bil ayati wa zikril hakeem innahu ta'ala yawadun kareemun malikun barroofur raheem.